Hey there, lovebirds. Happy Wedding Wednesday, and welcome to Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to your, your I, I Do, do Crew. Hey crew, well I'm sure at this point you're all tired of hearing about coronavirus-based stories, I think that this whole situation has shown us that we need to really have a plan to be prepared when disaster strikes. And our guest today has some first-hand knowledge of dealing with disasters. She's a New Orleans-based wedding planner who has survived through two hurricanes during wedding planning season, and she recently got out of the hospital after having COVID-19. If that doesn't qualify you to talk about getting through disasters, I don't know what does. Emily Sullivan is the owner of Emily Sullivan Events, a boutique wedding and event planning firm based in New Orleans, Louisiana, that specializes in celebrations throughout the Southeast. With a passion for entertaining, she uses her intuition and attention to details to customize each and every wedding experience for her clients. In 2016, she created Intimate Weddings by Emily, a division which specializes in celebrations for under 50 guests, which I'm sure I don't have to tell you has been her busiest sector during the health crisis. If you're a wedding vendor who's thinking about adding micro weddings to your offering, Emily is hosting a webinar on May 6th. Check the show notes for a link and how to register. In addition to wedding planning, Emily is a regular on-air personality in her region, as well as a sought-after national speaker with recent and upcoming engagements including NACE, Wedding Wire World, and Wedding MBA. She has been recognized by several publications for her achievements and insight, including Brides, Country Living, The Knot, Southern Weddings, Style Me Pretty, and Cater Source. So you sent us this topic back in February. Yes. So your crystal ball must be working pretty well. I mean, I kind of wish it wasn't at this point, but seems so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when disaster strikes and how to be prepared. I mean, were you were you kind of seeing this whole current crisis on the horizon, or is that just something that you're always thinking about? You know, I really wasn't. I just I live in a place where we're prone to kind of crazy things like hurricanes and um, it, issues that come up, and so the top. You know, I'm constantly thinking about how to deal with those type things. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, this kind of came out of nowhere for me. I had a very like positive attitude about it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is happening. So. <laughs> yeah, it did come out. It came out of nowhere for so many people and we were broadsided by it. But you had a unique front row seat for it too. I did. So do you know how you contracted the virus? I have no idea. I was actually, um, I was in Las Vegas the week before, um, and I, I came home and I was doing a WIPA podcast for my um, local industry just on how are we going to deal with this. We were doing a, a Zoom call with like 100 people, and I went home and got a fever overnight. So the same day that the, that New Orleans was shut down, my fever started, and I had a fever for 18 straight days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was it was insane, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I ended up getting pneumonia and it moved to my GI tract. And so I was pretty much, you know, in the beginning, I was still kind of functioning a little bit as the weddings were starting to postpone and reschedule and we were dealing with that. I was still able to like communicate with my team. And then there just became a point for about eight days that I was just too sick to function. And so I was just down for the count. Yeah. Well, and thank goodness that you had your team to, to fall back on who was able to take care of those postponements and... And again, you know, with something of this scale, thank goodness there were postponements. So you didn't have to be running out and trying to 
to work the weddings during all that. I mean, we had a few uh, in the beginning who were like, we're going to do it or we're going to move, you know, change it to an elopement, but we're not postponing or things like that. And then it just as the rules were changing on a daily basis, we were kind of forced to make decisions they weren't anticipating. Mm -hmm. Um, And even when it first started, we're like, is it going to be done by May or, you know, what do we do about April? And so it, it was hard to kind of guess what was going to happen. And so we took a very, um, and this is just kind of how I run my business. Anyway, we didn't panic. We just took a, like, let's deal with what's happening now. Let's, let's deal with the things that we can control and what we know is happening. And then we'll deal with the other things as, as they're coming up and they're available. But honestly, you know, talking about disasters and just how to deal with things, I think the best way you can prepare for any disaster or any sort of issue, whether it, whether it's just a sickness that, you know, isn't a pandemic, but just something that, that you have to deal with personally. Mm-hmm. If you have a great team and that team is involved and knows the plan and they're educated and they are, you know, for my team, we have regular team meetings. We all kind of have insight about everything. They were just able to pick that up and deal with it exactly like I would have dealt with it. And so that was such a blessing for me was having them prepared to just kind of take lead. Absolutely. And I was going to say, I mean, spoken like a true planner, when you talk about being prepared and having all those systems in place, um, mm-hmm. so many of our couples rely on us to be able to to adapt to things that change in the fly because as we know, nothing goes 100% to plan on a wedding day. There's always things that you have to adapt to, change. But that's so. It's been so amazing to 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 hear that and to be able to utilize a team. And whether you know you're a planner who has your own team or whether you utilize other vendors to come in and work together as a team, your kind of wheelhouse is organizing that whole team together to make sure that whatever happens, things still go off right. Right. I mean, I always brag on my team and in like my consultation call up front with clients because we are master problem solvers. I mean, we go into the wedding day having this plan of action and, you know, down to the very last detail, but we can't control others. And that's where the problems come up. You know, are, are there one time I had a band get in an accident on the interstate and they couldn't make it or, oh, no. you know, time someone passed away. So then what do we do? And so we are always, and you're right, this is a planning thing totally, but we are ready to figure it out. And we always think that our hashtag should be hashtag figure it out because that's ultimately what we're going to do one way or the other. So we are kind of maybe, you know, more prepared to, to just kind of go into that problem solving mode. So when you contacted me, in that, in that problem-solving mode, when you contacted us in February with that idea of when disaster strikes and how to be prepared, I mean, like I said, you were you were just ahead of the whole, ahead of the curve. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, thank goodness, right? So being ahead of the curve is something that you're used to doing. So being ahead of the curve, being prepared for all that isn't something that's just come up now. That's kind of your whole modus operandi. Absolutely. I mean, you know, dealing with things from a planning perspective, what I really try to do, and people have actually, other vendors have actually commented on this. Uh, uh, Someone, a musician told me one time, why do you write your timelines? Like, we don't know what's going on. And I'm like, (laughs) in case 
issue and then someone can take it over for me and know exactly like I planned it, you know, down to the moment, down to what to say. And so I, I think that's the way I approach planning in general is be to be prepared and because you never know what's going to happen. And I mean, this is an instance where it's a much larger disaster. It's going to have much longer term effects. Um, but there are disasters that happen all the time that we have to be prepared in the event business to deal with because we're kind of a one shot, you know, you get mm -hmm. one shot to right and you want to be sure it's done correctly. And so just being prepared overall for, for anything that could happen, um, whether it's weather or um, the power going out, I've actually had that happen before, or, you know, um, the situation that we're in currently, which is where do we go from here mm -hmm. and, and how do our businesses sustain? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And I like that you said that the with writing down the timeline so that in case you're not there, everything can go on as scheduled. And, you know, folks, and, and when you said the story about the the band getting into an accident on the way there, there's no way to prepare for something like that. There's no way to foresee something of that magnitude happening. So so you've talked about how preparation is the key to mitigating a disaster striking. What else? I mean, what other how does that what type of preparations? I mean, obviously having a really detailed timeline is going to be wonderful. What, what other kind of things go into that preparation? Well, so obviously, you know, outside of a disaster, really detailed timelines, being sure that your team is, is educated and all on the same page. And when I say team, I don't mean my Emily Sullivan events team. I mean, my vendor team, being sure that they all have the information that they need in a timely manner and that it's, it's executed and all the questions are answered. Um, obviously my team, we prep in a totally different way. We do team meetings and we just, we have lots of information that we share with each other in advance. And we also break down jobs, you know, who's in charge of what and, and what does the day look like. It's not like, Hey, let's all go show up and see what happens, you know? Yeah. Um, but even more so the big picture of business and how to prepare beyond just the wedding day for me, it's, it's, kind of like yearly business tracking. It's not letting things get out of hand. So it's dealing with issues as they're arising, being sure all my systems are in place, being sure that I have cash flow and reserves to deal with things exactly like this that have come up. And I was so, I think I mentioned this to you before we start started recording, but I was so lucky that when I got sick and I was, you know, down for three weeks, my team just picked it up. But I was in a, a really great position that they were able to continue working without being furloughed for over a month. So mm -hmm. they their first week of being part time because I sort of had that that payroll and that cash flow where I could be able to do that for them. And and I know a lot of a lot of businesses were like, Whoa, whoa, we don't have cash flow. Our our team has to can't work anymore. And and luckily we weren't in that situation. So I I think it's constantly analyzing your business to see where you're at and where you need to be prepared for things to happen. And and obviously hurricanes have taught me a lot about that because we never know when that's going to hit or what we're going to be forced to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, speaking of, of massive cat catastrophes and catastrophic events that can occur, being in New Orleans, I mean, we've seen you know everything from the, the hurricanes in the past couple of decades that have just done so much massive damage down there. So what's nice is that you have that knowledge and that experience is that when something big comes along, you can just look at it and say, well, at least it's not a hurricane. Right. You know, I, I'm kind of in between on that one in this scenario because hurricanes, we know they're coming. You know, we're mm -hmm. preparing for it. 
adjusting, we're making decisions for events and business and evacuating and all those things. And then it comes and it leaves. And then we're like, okay, let's rebuild. Let's get this going again. What I'm particularly finding difficult in this season is the not knowing, you know, like not being able to plan any further than this week because I don't know what, what it looks like. Exactly. Exactly. We don't know. We don't have a model for this. We don't have a, a track record for this. And so everything is so so very strange and we're all playing it by ear. Uh, and as, as you and I had said earlier, our fall weddings right now are, are very much up in the air. We're not sure where that's going to be. You know, obviously spring weddings are, are being rescheduled. Summer weddings are, are being rescheduled, but it is so very interesting to take a time like this. And like you've said, that's why all that preparation is so, so, so important. And exactly not just with the events, but with, with the businesses, making sure there is, as you said, cash flow available. And, and again, just speaking as, as a true planner, it's wonderful to hear that. Um, we've seen so many, so many wedding vendors because weddings are a, a heavy um, seasonal based and cash flow based businesses. I've seen a number of my f- favorite wedding vendors in, in my area who are really struggling right now and are, you know, potential of not paying their mortgages, not paying their bills. And it's, it's so very frustrating to see that. I really think this is a great time. And for, for us to be reminded, and I'm sure this is conversations you're having with people as well, but one of the best things that you can do to be prepared for disasters and things that you're not expecting is being sure that you're, you have a really solid contract in place. Mm-hmm. Be honest, I think a lot of people don't, and now they're having to face the consequences of that. So one of the biggest things that I recommend people do to prepare is is taking a look at your contract. Yes, absolutely. And we've, that's come up repeatedly for us is, you know, what are your rescheduling provisions? What are your, you know, deposit carry forward provisions? If we have to reschedule, does our, does our payments carry forward? And for us with all the reschedules, what we've had to see is if our officiants already have a wedding booked for that rescheduled date, then we, we've given couples the opportunity to interview others of our officiants to see if they feel comfortable with switching officiants. And if not, then we are more than willing to, to pay them back uh, to return their payments so that they can find another officiant. But, but having that contract absolutely in all those provisions that may seem in a, in, a, in a wonderful time of sunshine and no virus might seem like overkill, but you just never know. I mean, I was so thankful and I out to my attorney right after I was done being sick because there was someone who wanted to cancel and she was requesting full full repayment like for everything I've already done and I'm like well that there's no way that this is going to happen but we reach out to him and and see what the proper response is and he was like wow your contract I mean he wrote it four years ago but he was like your contract is so good <laughs> <laughs> I was actually able to just you know refer back to these places in my contract and say, you know, look, this is how it's outlined. And, um, I totally understand and I'll help you file an insurance claim Mm -hmm. if you have insurance and, you know, approached it in a very kind way. But at the end of the day, I'm a business. And so I I think that's been the question. I know at least locally of, you know, do you give back retainers? How are you dealing with things? And, And I think just leaving your emotions out of it and following the terms of your contract is the best place place to start. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've found that, again, for us, it's uh, the conversations about we are businesses, we have employees, we have to pay our mortgage, we have to put food on the table for our kids. And as much as we feel for you and we understand and we want to return as much of that money as we, you know, because we get it. We, we absolutely get it. It's heartbreaking. 
But at the same point, we have to survive too. We have to live. And if we want to be able to continue to help the next couple or to help, you know, you when you reschedule, then we need to be here to be able to do that. Exactly. I like how humble your your attorney is too. Oh, I know I wrote this, but man, it's great. Like, this is solid. <laughs> I'm like, I hire you. <laughs> exactly. Now, I did see that you have not only your main Emily Sullivan events, you also have the intimate weddings. I do. Yeah. So we started doing intimate weddings by Emily back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, we initially started it as kind of a, a weekday wedding uh, type of direction because we wanted to find a way to expand our revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Orleans has just it, over the past, I would say, you know, six years just become an extremely competitive market for wedding vendors. Just, you know, something like 200 planners listed on the knot in such a small market. Wow. So, yeah, it's insane. And so I started looking at, you know, what do we do? How do we prepare? Maybe our full service planning, we're doing what we can, but I'm always looking for growth and, mm-hmm. you know, the next step and doing something no one's doing. And um, so I was planning some destination weddings and I, and I was just analyzing packages from different locations and Las Vegas was one of those. And I loved that kind of all inclusive approach. And I'm like, I think this can work. And so that's what we did. We started intimate weddings, 50 people and under um, any day of the week. And it's actually been a huge hit. And, and now, I mean, such a blessing that we have already done, been working on this for four years and now intimate weddings are becoming this big thing because of social distancing and smaller events. So we're ready to just go after that. Again, I'm telling you, you have the perfect crystal ball. You have gotten, (laughs) you've done this, you've, you've gotten this, this topic ahead of time. You created this intimate wedding business. And in the same, as you've said, as we've been postponing a lot of these big full weddings up here in Ohio until the fall or for next year, we've also been doing, me and my team have also been doing some elopements, some run out elopements for couples. And we call them elopements, but you know, it's kind of a blanket term that we use for anything that's not a full big ceremony in a location. And so we've been marrying people in the parks. We've been taking couples and just their their immediate family and going to a, a nice park and having a real intimate small ceremony, uh, some of which were for our couples who had a spring wedding planned and already had their marriage license and didn't know what to do. Some were for couples who had situations where they wanted to get married, where they had plans to get married later, but were concerned about health insurance with the health crisis or any other number of things or worried that they might not be able to have visitation rights if one of them was hospitalized, if they weren't married. So we've Mm -hmm. done a lot of those intimate elopements in the last couple of weeks. And so it is a really interesting market and demographic that we had considered a very small piece of the puzzle before. But going forward, I think it might be long term, much more prevalent than it used to be. I think so. And and I think, you know, in the beginning, I had always just kind of dismissed it like, well, that's not what I do. I don't do little weddings or small weddings or budget weddings or any of that. And then when I really started to dig into it, I I was like, this is such a great way to increase our revenue without taking away from what we're already doing, our bread and butter. You know, it's it's something we already know we're good at it. We can we can add on to it. And um, it, it's not a budget issue for most of those clients. They really do want some of the same things that our full service clients want. Um, and so we usually consider elopements like two to 10 people mm-hmm. with 
reception. So it's ceremony and sometimes we cut cake or have champagne, but it's, it's just primarily the ceremony. Whereas an intimate wedding is a full wedding. It's every, it's sometimes a second line parade and a reception and, or a dinner and all those details. Cool. Excellent. Well, and, you know, with me having an officiating business, I just never consider the reception to begin with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ceremony only. I, I, I let my officiants go if they want to. If they're invited to the reception, of course, I say, you're, you're welcome to attend. Just please conduct yourself well. Now, your team, so you, but you plan the whole thing. So that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that delineation between the intimate wedding and the elopement being one has a reception and essentially one doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's kind of just kind of how we approach it. Ah, okay. Now, so have you seen with the with everything being impacted, have those intimate weddings had an uptick or remained the same, or have they also been negatively impacted by this current health crisis? So we were already seeing an uptick in 2020 for intimate weddings. We were already booking those to the point that I hired um, a full-timer who had been working at a venue um, downtown. She started working for us March 1st to oversee that division mm. entirely. So we were already seeing pretty significant growth there. Um, but they're actually the only weddings we've booked since the quarantine started. Wow. We have booked no, we've had a few inquiries for full service weddings, but the only weddings that have actually signed the contract and booked are intimate weddings. So it's been such a blessing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I have a, uh, we have a future conversation planned for the podcast with um, the director of American Marriage Ministries, which is an, an ordination body, to talk about how this might, for the very long term, change the course of the wedding industry. And I think hearing that, hearing you saying that, I think it's a very real possibility that moving forward, things might be pretty different. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It, it It's hard to say at this point. And, you know, I think it comes down to the client. I have some clients who are still booked in July and like, we're going to go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, understanding that some of our guests might not be able to come or want to come and just making adjustments. And then I have some who are like, absolutely not. This is not going to happen. So I think it's reading your clients and kind of, you know, adjusting to deal with them and and also how comfortable your vendors are going to be. We have uh, one wedding kind of coming up. It's actually on the North shore of New Orleans. It's not in the city, which is the only reason we haven't postponed it. But I had to reach out to those vendors and say, how comfortable are you guys working right now? So it's not just about your guests, but also the safety of vendors and how how comfortable they're going to be to execute what you've hired them to do. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I do know some vendors who are happy to go out right now and do the little, the cute little elopement, um, intimate wedding thing. But then I know many who are staying inside, not wanting to have any social contact whatsoever. So Exactly. And, and how does that fit in? And, and where, do, where do the contract terms come to that? You know, and I, I think that it comes down to, for me, I'm a single mom. I have two kids. Mm-hmm. I started my business 14 years ago, and it's been my primary income. So there's always a focus on me for, you know, how am I going to make this work? This is my job. It's not my hobby. And I know that there are a lot of instances and people that I work with here and there who that's not the case. You know, they're, they either have a spouse or that they can rely on, or um, maybe that they still have a full-time job and they do limited events, something like that. And so it's just going to come down to each person and, and what they're affected by. Yes. So the key really too is for the couples to be in contact with their vendors to make sure if they're moving forward during a time like this or when a disaster is happening, if those vendors are still on board with it and probably asking those questions up front. 
Definitely. I mean, reading vendor contracts, even from this point on and being sure that you're covered in, 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 a, in a situation, I'm still recommending that my clients get insurance, which we have always recommended. It's one of the first things we discuss when we're hired. Yes. Um, by, but, you know, it, COVID's not going to be covered by insurance now. Um, but for a few of our clients who had had it for a much longer time before it was a foreseen threat, they are getting some of their things covered. And so, I, you know, we never know what can happen from here on out. So go ahead and get wedding insurance. And, and as vendors, go ahead and protect yourself with additional insurance and kind of, you know, being sure that you're protected as well, whatever that looks like. Yes. Um, but, but absolutely. And, and I think, you know, in terms of talking to vendors, it, it, you have to include them every step of the way. I, I heard the other day about a client who kind of went out and changed her venue, but didn't ask any of her vendors. And then mm. it was like, wait, if you were available on this day and willing, you know, and they were booked, there was nothing they could do about it. And at that point, you know, the big mistake was not including them in that conversation from the beginning. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Communication is key. It really, really is. It, uh, it makes the whole world go around. And, you know, thankfully couples that hire you, you know, hire a planner, a full service planner are going to have one person who's going to be able to kind of manage a lot of that. I know that our wedding couples that we have who have been using full service planners, a lot of times it's a planner reaching out to us to say, Hey, you know, we're rescheduling, we're relooking at more venues. Here are the potential dates, what works for you, what doesn't. And right. Absolutely. right. And somebody who has that background in logistics and planning is going to be much more up on doing that and have much more, um, comfort and ability to to kind of make all those puzzle pieces fit together when a lot of times the couples are just going to be so overwhelmed with the stress and everything. So. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously I'm an advocate for planning and I think we'll save you a ton of stress and help you manage your emotions and, Always. and all that fun stuff. But I mean, beyond that, just having uh, relationships like with vendors is so important right now because for instance, they're like, a major church in New Orleans is furloughed. Well, we're still trying to get answers about moving dates and we have their cell phone number. We would never take advantage of that. We would never share that with our clients. But in an emergency situation, we have relationships with these people and we're able to reach out to them and get faster answers. And um, I, I just think that's invaluable in a disaster situation is having an advocate, you know, who's on the ground. 110%. Oh my gosh. Well, Emily, you you have had so much great information and you really a lot to great things to think about. So so to kind of to summarize here for a couple who are listening, thinking about disaster preparedness, read the contracts, make sure that you have prepared for everything, detailed timelines, communication with all the vendors and especially your planner. Use a planner if it is all possibly feasible within your budget. I mean, those seem to be the major strokes of making sure that you're prepared in case things go wrong, whether it be hurricanes or COVID-19 or whatever. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing that we are dealing with uh, from a particular client that I feel like is really good advice is kind of have your wedding budget and that money set aside from the beginning. Mm clients because in, in a situation where there's a disaster that wouldn't be affected as much. I have clients right now who have been laid off and now they feel like that's really going to affect their wedding budget. So I kind of say upfront, um, how to prepare for situations that you can't control is to be sure that you, um, are in a budget that you're comfortable with and that you're not planning outside of your means, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. And that comes back to kind of your discussion earlier. You've been enjoying the Dave Ramsey approach, which his whole approach is if you don't have it, don't spend it. Exactly. <laughs> 
tired sometimes when you're bored, right? Not like right now, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I've, I've seen, you know, again, not, not sharing outside of school, but I've seen our Amazon expenditures uh, take a dramatic increase the last few weeks. <laughs> well, if I'm going to have an amazing backyard if this keeps up because all I'm doing is just adding plants and, and gardening in my backyard. Oh, I think we could run a we could run a, a small preschool out of our house pretty soon. My four-year-old has all these new gadgets and, you know, dry erase boards and light up things and, you know, all these trying, things we've been trying to replace from him staying home and having to homeschool him. So. Well, so I was actually blessed because I homeschooled my oldest for about two years when he was in elementary school. So I already had kind of a good grasp on homeschooling. I just had to remind myself. I'm telling you, crystal ball, you've got it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, Emily, do you have anything coming up that you want to promote or what you have going on? Well, so I am going to be doing a, and this is for vendors, not clients, but I'm going to be doing a um, webinar on adding micro weddings to your services on May 6th at 11 a.m. Central. Awesome. Um, certainly send the link and you can share that, but it's just for wedding vendors to kind of help them see if micro weddings are a good fit for them and if so, how to go about adding them. Fantastic. No, it's wonderful. I uh, would love to, uh, to have that link for that and we'll include that in the, in the show notes. And then where can our listeners follow your journey online? What's the best place for them to watch you? So I think the best place is on Instagram, obviously. And you can see um, a little bit about our story, Emily, at Emily Sullivan Events. And then you can also follow Intimate Weddings at Intimate Weddings by Emily. Outstanding. And then my last question that I always ask everyone, right now, it's a kind of a strange question with everything going on, but what's bringing you joy right now? It's definitely my garden. I know that sounds crazy, but when I was first getting over um, being so sick and just coming out of it, I, the first thing I would do every day is just for like 10 minutes, go outside and sit in my hammock and kind of be in my garden. And as I felt better, I've just so enjoyed being outside. So it's part of my daily routine now that honestly, during wedding season, I don't get to do as much as I want to, you know, just mm -hmm. be home. Enjoying this this little nook that I've created, um, so I've just I I'm a Southern girl. I have just been growing everything right now. <laughs> Emily, thank you so much. Thank you. I so enjoyed it. I'm so glad. <laughs> and that's this week's episode. Thank you again for listening. We are so glad that you choose to spend your time with us. Remember, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as one dollar a month by going to Patreon.com/slash/YourIDoCrew or leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast network. And make sure that you subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode filled with great stories and wedding tips. So stay tuned for all that and more on next week's episode of Your I Do Crew. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook, and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at youridocrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. I want to get, I want to get, I want to get married. Hey! We know that 
credits are as follows. Song title, I Wanna Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international. Like a